The truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Hey, bad bitches wanna be my bitch. Welcome, welcome, yo! Welcome back to Civil Diligence. Politics made simple for the everyday millennial and why you should give a hot damn. I hope everybody is well and Merry Christmas to everybody out there who celebrates. And if you don't celebrate it, I hope you're doing well. You're enjoying your life and you're blessed. And you have food, you have shelter, you have the bare necessity of human need covered in your life. I wish that on you. And to everybody who is enjoying their Christmas, huzzah. Because it's a wonderful day. Wonderful day. I'm just going to get right on into it. As you know, I like to start my show off with disclaimers. Disclaimer number one. I curse. Two, I will mess up the English language. Three, we won't see eye to eye, but we can respect each other, have the conversation, and keep it moving. And hopefully, we can be friends at the end of the day. <laughs> Four, I'm in the kingdom. That's my qualifications I'm speaking on today. Praise God. Five, things might change by the time you hear this, so keep that in mind. All right, so in this episode, I am just going to do the whole I'm here for a lot. If you follow me, I do a segment called What I'm Here For This Week. And what I'm here for this week is basically anything that brings you joy, whether or not it's political, sport-wise, pop culture, the sky's blue, anything in your personal life, anything that you're here for this week. It's the segment for it. It's light, it's fun, and it gets you into a mood, frame of mind before you get into the bull crap that is <laughs> our politics of today. But since there's so much that happened politically that I'm here for, I'm just going to do the whole show of what I'm here for this week. So if you care enough to know what I'm here for this week, stay tuned. I'm just about to go right on into it. What I'm here for this week. Christmas is here. I am trying to get into a frame of mind to go home to the Chicagoland area. That's about a three-hour drive for me. And to see my folks, see my people, and then drive all the way back to where I reside in Springfield, Illinois. So I'm trying to get to the frame of mind of the driving. I'm also trying to get into the frame of mind of seeing my relatives. Some of y'all cool. Like, a lot of y'all are real cool. And I don't think I am the only one to have this opinion of my relatives that some people are cool, some people you just got to take in doses. Love all y'all. Just got to take you in doses, baby. So I am excited about seeing everybody because let my family tell it, I only come once or twice a year, and that's really holidays. When you start working a full-time job and you live three hours away from your people, if not more, the visits get Less and less and less. Love my family. Would die for my family. Would do anything for my people. I just don't go out to see y'all every day. So it should be a nice time to spend time with my people. So 
keep me in your prayers because you never know. You just never know. Things could be really jolly and then the next minute things could turn up in the worst way. So pray for me, y'all. Pray for me. And I will pray for y'all who are in similar predicaments because I know it's hard out here for a pimp. I really do know. Another thing that I'm here for, this is the first year that I did Christmas shopping on my own. And some people might be like, oh, big deal. I just want to tell you that I spent my hard coins and I spent my valuable time going Christmas shopping. So I hope my family appreciates the effort that went into these gifts. I just want to let y'all know. Because the first time that I go Christmas shopping and I spend more money than I thought I was going to spend, ah. Uh, child it kind of broke my heart but at the same time you know it's the year and the season of giving and you want to give but at the same time you're also broke but you know these are blessings and I have to keep on telling myself I'm going to be blessed for this one day in life and of course you can't forget the free food so I'm also I'm very much so here for that to get a free food because if you all know I'm a moocher I like free food. I like to participate in free things. I am just now getting into a a point in my life where I will contribute a little bit. But if I don't have to contribute to the gathering of the freeness, I won't. And I know some of you might be like, oh, that's so ratchet. And I'm like, I don't care. God's not done with me yet. (laughs) So I'm here for Christmas. Hallelujah. Second thing that I am here for is recently the Senate passed a criminal justice reform bill named First Step Act with a final vote of 87 to 12. And this is huge. You do know this is both sides of the aisle coming together to pass something. And you haven't seen a lot of that in a few years of both sides of the aisle coming together in agreement of anything, really. And it's been that way for a long time. But both sides of the aisle came together to pass the First Step Act for the bill for it. And there was pushback, but they persevered through the pushback. So I think that that shows a lot that a Republican and Democrat a progressive, a tea party, or I don't know if there's any tea parties in the Senate. That's something I may have to look up. But either way, doesn't matter who you are, it got an overwhelming support at the end of the day. So I think that's cool, and I think that's good. And I just also think that it's a step in the right direction. Yes, because we've been at each other's throats as of late within the last five or six years and it's good it's good to come together it's good to see republicans hugging democrats and vice versa it's good the whole purpose of this bill is to make the american criminal justice system fairer reduce overcrowding and save taxpayer dollars this bill has the opportunity to benefit drug and nonviolent offenders so it is a good idea there is a catch to this it will only be effective to the federal prisoners which make up only about 10 percent of the prison systems 
It doesn't touch state, which is, in my opinion, probably one of the main problems in America, prison systems, but rolls eyes. What can you do? Something is better than nothing, I guess, if you're into that kind of thing. But I do think that this is a step in the right direction. Even President Cheeto Puff supports this legislation. So everybody just seems to be on board with it. He supports it probably in large part due to his advisors, mainly his son-in-law pushing it. So regardless of who had to come to him and say, hey, you need to sign on to this bill, I think it's remarkable to have all people on board. Well, not all, but the majority of people on board with this bill because at the same time no matter necessarily their motives it's good it's good on paper it's a step in the right direction and at least that's something at least they're trying to come together to pass something and as i stated earlier the bill did uh face some oppositions but this is the first and the closest uh, piece of legislation that Congress has passed in years in regards to reforming the criminal justice system. One of the things I really like about the bill is it allows inmates to participate in a more vocational and rehabilitative programs. And those credits that the inmates get will allow them to be released early and placed into a halfway house or a home confinement. And the idea of this is to, one, reduce overcrowding in the prison systems, and two, to promote educational programs that will reduce recidivism. I pray that I am saying that name right. Those are one of those words back in my college career that days that I could not pronounce for the life of me. I know that that is the tendency to reoffend. I just never knew how to necessarily say it properly. But that's neither here nor there. It's to hopefully reduce the amount of times that an offender will reoffend. Cool. I'm a firm believer that we need more educational programs. And we need more programs that help build skill sets. Because one thing about it, when you're in prison for years and then you're out into the free world, you reoffend because there's nothing else out there for you. Many jobs will not give you the time of day because one, you may not have the skills until you're a criminal offender. And that is a bad stigmatism in most states truth of the matter. So I think that it's really good for we, us to focus on, hey, giving you the skill set so you don't have to be back up in here, which I think that the criminal justice system that we have does not focus on that. So I think that it is good that a piece of legislation now is really focusing on that, or at least in part focusing on that. I am all the way here for this. I hope that it goes to the house and it passed with flying colors. The one thing about it is we all know things are placed into law and sometimes the implementation is shitty, i.e. parts of the Affordable Care Act. So I hope that it's one of those things that can be workable and, you know, we try a little bit, take away what doesn't work, put in what does work, and we keep working at it because there's nothing that's perfect. It's always going to be a work in progress. So kudos to Congress for doing something. Moving on to the next thing that I'm here for this week. 
I'm here for the resignation of Defense Secretary James Mattis. Here's the thing. At this point, so many people are resigning and leaving. I'm expecting a whole new cabinet by next March. But what I'm here for is the resignation letter. Now, some of y'all don't give a damn, don't give a shit, are probably saying, what the fuck does this matter? Does it apply to my life? And I don't give a fuck. This is fair. These are fair facts. But the resignation letter has some significance. One, the defense secretary openly disagrees with Trump and his foreign affair policies. He doesn't agree with them. And that's ultimately why he stepped down. And another thing that's interesting about this letter is it's more so a warning than a resignation letter. Let's dive into this a little bit more. This all came about after the president withdrew the troops from Syria abruptly. So he's withdrawing all the troops from Syria and not giving Syria any help. Mattis and Trump had opposing views on how to view allies, where Trump was very suspect of the allies and wants to hold them accountable for everything that they do, including shit. Mattis saw a benefit in trying to be there for our allies and working with our allies. So that was a major conflict between the two of them. So Mattis, basically, he lays out a narrow and defined role of his successor. In other words, Mattis states the next guy who has this position has to share the same worldview as Trump, share his suspicion in allies, and will work well with adversaries, particularly Russia. He knew his views didn't align with the president, so he basically said, you do you. I'ma be great, you be great, I'm out. Now, his resume is quite impressive. He had four, over four decades of experience in foreign affairs, and he has worked with presidents of both the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, and he seems to be respected on both sides of the aisle. Trump don't give a fuck about all that. If you not with me by me, Trump, I have no use for you. So, Mattis is like, be great! You be the mother-loving kingdom. And every president, before you think that I'm trying to bash on the president's decision, Personally, I think it was a stupid one to let go of your secretary of defense when this person knows a little bit more than you. But every president has the right to choose who he wants in his cabinet and to choose somebody who is going to push forward their agenda. Got it? Good. But the point of having a cabinet is also to advise you on when you're doing some dumb shit. And the problem that I have with this administration is every time his cabinet or somebody says, well, I don't think this is a good idea or gives him pushback on a something he really shouldn't be doing. It has no business getting involved in. He either fires them or they end up going to blows in a political sense. And they end up quitting. The thing about a democracy is we can come together with different views, 
different opinions and make something, implement something. I'm not saying that Orange Cheeto is, you know, a tyrant or a dictator, but he has tyrant and dictator qualities. Some people will disagree with that and that's perfectly fine. I'm just looking at things from a worldly view and if you compare a lot of tendencies that Trump has to let's just say early Stalin let's just say Hitler we can also say some African dictators the main thing per se is the whole scapegoat route that Trump does very well. I can't do my job effectively because of those people over there. You saw that with Hitler and the Jews. You saw that with Stalin. You saw that with some tribes in African countries. But Trump does this very well. And I'm sure he has some reason why he wants to pull out uh, all the troops out of Syria. I just don't see this ending well. I actually foresee a crisis like we had in the 1980s or late 1970s with Iran. I just don't see this going over very well. And mind you, the reason why this resignation letter is so like hot topic and hot press is because you haven't seen somebody from the cabinet or somebody in the executive branch being so vocal about against the president since the Iran crisis back in 1979, 1980 with Carter, with the Iran hostage situation. And I can go in depth about that, but if you really want to know what that is, Google the U.S. hostages with the Iran. Lead your right to it. So you saw that with one of Carter's advisors quitting after his botched job with that situation. So you see a similar thing. And by alienating our allies, we are setting ourselves up for failure and setting ourselves up to have no allies. And I feel like you need to show the same attention to allies the way they do when we have our issues. Because mind you, our allies came out the woodwork in 9-11. 9-11, Iraq, Afghanistan, cool. Our whole point of going to Syria was to help our allies. And help them during their time of struggle. That was the reason why. Now, some people are like, it was crappy. Obama shouldn't have done it. That's fair. But the reason why we went was to help our allies. So when we have a time of turmoil, they can help us. Because the power in numbers, people. I get it. America is one of the strongest muscle in the world. But sometimes the strongest muscle can also need a little help too. And I just think we're alienating them. And Mathis sees this as alienation. So I, I just don't know what's going to come from this. I definitely see that resignation letter as a warning because basically what he's saying, be careful what you do. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful how you handle it. 
and he's handling Trump like a grown adult. Like my grandmother used to say, you can lead the horse to the well, but you can't make him drink. Grown folks is going to do what grown folks is going to do. It's so many words. So I'm glad someone is actually sticking up to their firm beliefs against Trump. Not saying that you have to be against Trump or whatever. I mean, y'all know personally how I feel about the Orange Cheeto. But I'm I'm glad that somebody's sticking up and having the cahootas to actually say, eh, kind of wrong on this. But since you know so damn much, be great. I'm just curious to see because if you don't think that the next two years won't be a complete and total clusterfuck, I really, really want to have the faith that you have. I have faith. Don't get me wrong. I just know that we're going to go through some trials and tribulations. So that's what I'm here for with the resignation letter. (laughs) To go further, another thing that I'm here for is the Supreme Court of the United States upholding a federal judge's decision to block Trump's new asylum restriction. The Chief Justice Roberts sided with four liberal justices in a 5-4 ruling. So basically, the policy that the administration signed into effect November 9th would temporarily bar migrants who illegally cross into the U.S. borders through the southern borders that weren't port entries. They couldn't come in any other way but the port of entry. Cool. A federal judge blocked that, blocked that order, and the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals agreed. I'm really here for the checks and balances of it all. Not that he agreed with the asylum ban or disagreed with the asylum ban, although I like humane ways of dealing with immigrants and migrants. Yes, This is a blow to the Trump administration and sends a strong signal that there are at least five justices who agree with the district courts that the asylum ban exceeds the president's authority. To go even deeper, please note that the Chief Justice Roberts is a conservative who is often at odds with President Trump. Roberts and Trump disagreed with his views on the asylum. So it really is a slap in the face for Trump. And I'm super happy that the other two branches of government are actually doing this whole checks and balances thing. You know, this thing that was in the Constitution about two or 500 years ago. Really 250, I believe. But again, my years are off. So do not fact check me on that. But it just shows that people are actually sticking up to this president finally. From the government shutting down over this damn wall to upholding the block on the asylum ban i know president cheeto puff is hot it's hotter than some fish grease right now he's pissed and the legal finding for restricting the asylum ban was it was out of the white house's realm of authority meaning you can go about banning or going about restricting how immigrants and migrants could come into the country But that falls within the legislative branch. You can't have an order to do something that is in law. 
the way it reads right now, we have a legal obligation to hear asylum claims from migrants if they say they fear violence in their home country. Regardless of how they entered the country, they have to hear it. Now, whether that is right or wrong, it's the law at the end of the day. And the only way to change the law is if the legislative branch makes amendments to that law. Or the U.S. Supreme Court states that that law is our constitutional and then they have to do something else. But the executive branch cannot touch that. Checks and balances, people. Checks and balances. As of now, the U.S. says that the immigrants and migrants have to wait in Mexico while their cases are being processed and heard. And I think that, that that's fair, considering that the U.S. has every right to protect their borders how they seem fit. However, the thing that has people saying, bitch, what? Is the fact that you're doing things inhumanely throwing tear gases at children, locking children up. It's a little inhumane and I don't know if you need to take a humanity class, but we're just not treating people with the basic human rights and that's where people are like, you got me fucked up. And that's where things turn to be a little convoluted and sucky. So I'm just here for the branches of government and the fact that Chief Justice Roberts actually stood his ground, actually played a part in the law and told Trump to kick rocks. You can't do it this way. You might can find other ways to do it, but you have to do it within legal ramifications. So I'm here for that. And the final thing that I am here for this week are these investigations. Child! Woo! It's like a soap opera waiting to happen. Robert Mueller's investigation is important because it will determine whether or not the president has committed an impeachable offense. The issue is if the House impeaches him, the Senate will have to convict him. At this rate, I'm not necessarily sure if the Senate will convict him. The House more than likely once January comes into play probably will find some way, something to impeach him about. But it won't mean a damn thing if the Senate doesn't convict him. That's what happened in the 90s with Bill Clinton. The House impeached him, but the Senate didn't convict him. So that's the reason why he was able to live out the remainder of his presidency. Because Senate did not convict him. Which may be the case now. And the only way to basically sway the Senate's vote is if whatever happens in that investigation... And the American people are like, hell no, we won't go. That may sway the Senate in saying, oh, I guess we really can't get away with this. We're going to have to convict him of his crimes. It's almost like Watergate in a sense, because although Nixon resigned before the Senate could convict him, he knew he was going down. I'm just curious on if Trump knows he's going to... If it gets to that point where evidence proves that he definitely knew something about the Russia investigation or his finances, his campaign finances was going to pay off strippers. So if it ties back to him, I definitely 
to see that being an impeachable offense. I don't know if Trump will actually step down, if his pride will allow him to step down. But what's also interesting is the unfolding of everything. It's like every week, it's like we get all these gems, these jewels of juicy drama from all these people coming out and getting convicted to the Flynn memo. All I'm saying is someone is going to snitch if they haven't already. All these white men are not going to jail for you, sir. They're not. If Jesus Christ was thrown underneath the bus, what makes you think that you safe, sir? They're singing like a mother-loving canary. What did you think I was going to do, sir? Go to jail for you? I know I sure in hell would not. <laughs> and ironically, that is how Nixon went down. One of his peons talked, which led to his, I want to say, the White House attorney telling it all at the Senate hearing. And it all went down from there. I don't know if he is guilty, guilty. Trump, we all know Nixon is guilty, guilty. But I'm talking about Trump. I don't know if Trump is guilty, guilty. But Orange Cheeto knows something. All these people that surround you are guilty and lying. Why are they lying? Who are they lying for? What are they lying about? Your son might go to jail for you. I have no doubts that the firstborn will go to jail for you. But... The rest of these people, hail to the no, 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 no. The truth of the matter is the next year is about to go down for this. It's about to go down. Too many people are connected in this spider web of lies that this is just going to go away. Mueller knows something. What he knows, only time will tell. And I will gladly, gladly go in much more depth about the investigation because that in itself is a whole episode. So if you are curious about my intake analysis and everything like that about the, or just me breaking down the investigation, I would gladly do that in the next episode. Just let me know. But I'm just curious on how, I'm intrigued. I won't use curious. I'm intrigued about the next 12 months and what it will bring. Because I think it will go similar like Nixon. He'll get reelected and then boom, picture it, Sicily, 1976. He gonna shoot himself in the foot. I always believe this. People are going to hang themselves. We don't have to do it for them. Just gotta wait. And that's what I'm doing. I'm waiting patiently. But the past two weeks have been very, very, very juicy when it comes to the unfolding of these investigations. And that's pretty much all I have for what I'm here for this week. I have talked y'all's ear off long enough about those shenanigans that I wanted to talk about them because they were important and they kind of sort of made a smile put a smile on my face so you could tell me what you're here for this week or you can tell me what you're here for or what you're here against about what i brought up this episode so you can email 
silverdiligence at gmail.com. You can follow Civil Diligence on Facebook and Instagram and have the conversation there. You can listen to Civil Diligence on Google Play. I believe it's still Google Play. Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. And thank you all for like just sticking through. If you are a regular listener of Civil Diligence and you are really trying to follow me on this journey, thank you. I just want to say how grateful I am for you and thank you and we're not over. We're not done yet. This is only the beginning and if you can get there with me while I'm trying to figure this thing out, I appreciate and applaud you because it means the world to me. And if you are new to the Civil Diligence family, taha. Stay tuned. It gets better. All the way better. And stay tuned in 2019. I will have my website launch with a whole bunch of goodies, like such as blogging. And you can find it straight form to the episodes. And we'll just have more of a connection. So I'm really excited for 2019 being a year of bossing up and leveling up. Because that's just what we all need to do in the world. And I hope each and every single one of you have a happy and safe holiday do what you do be great be in the kingdom and be true to you live your best life as the kids are saying these days i hope you all enjoy enjoy your christmas enjoy your new year see you in the middle of january of next year peace love and hair grease bye bouncing around bouncing around bouncing hate supplements are found right in their couches